Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is uh, seven minutes after 10 o'clock. Uh, Representative Eric Burleson is uh, going to be on board with us. Uh, he is uh, he's on the Oversight Committee in the House of Representatives. He's going to talk about Twitter and uh, the border. Uh, he and I may uh, disagree on a couple of things, but we generally agree on the Second Amendment, and he is a great supporter. Uh, when he was here in the state legislature, he gave us the Second Amendment Preservation Act, or at least was part of that action. Uh, in the meantime, my favorite economist is with us, Dr. Murray Sabrin. You can find him on Substack as murraysabrin.substack.com. Um, and I'm going to talk to him about two different things. One of them is his strategy to end World War III, uh, which he says the United States and the United Kingdom started. But before I do that, um, apparently, um, based on the report on inflation and spending, the stock market uh, took a major nosedive. We'll just quickly find out what Murray thinks is going on there, and then we'll get to the uh, World War III. Hey, Murray, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Gary. Uh, hopefully uh, your weather will uh, be a lot better than what's forecast for uh, the middle of the country with the storm heading east. Yeah, you want to rub it in that you're in sunny Florida and that it's... Uh, <laughs> that it's 81 degrees right now. Yeah, I hate you now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you for your concern. I think we're going to be okay here. Um so, what what was this latest inflation report, uh, and why is the stock market uh, so jittery? Well, it, it looks like inflation is not uh, subsiding as quickly as the Fed would like or the pundits would like to see on, on uh, cable TV and, and Wall Street. And so that means the Federal Reserve will probably keep raising rates until they think inflation has been squeezed out of the system, which is going to be hard to do since there's so much money in the system because of the uh, response over the past two years uh, to COVID and uh, stimulus and uh, Biden's uh, uh, spending spree that the Fed has just been buying up debt. But uh, in, in the last uh, year or so, they've been really cutting back on, uh, on holding uh, government debt. And so that's why the stock market uh, took a dive, uh, bottomed out in October, and is now trying Trying to regain its footing uh, because uh, most people are optimistic about the economy uh, in long term, a short term. Uh, we know anything can happen, and so uh, the market is trying to figure out what the Fed's next move is, which is a fool's game. If you're a long term investor, like young people should be, they should be investing systematically through their 401k or IRA and building up a nice nest egg for their retirement years over the next 40, 50 years. And you got to have you got to really uh, get some. Some strong compound interest uh, to overcome the inflation. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, uh, savers have been hammered. Uh, we're still getting uh, an interest rate that's less than the rate of inflation. So we're losing every time we lend money to the bank or to the federal government. So this is the crime. This is the financial crime of, of the centuries that the Federal Reserve has uh, depressed interest rates. And so uh, whenever we've had a major recession, usually interest rates go above the rate of inflation. That's not happened so far. So uh, we may have a long way to go before the Fed realizes that it has to raise interest rates a lot higher in order to squeeze the inflation. So in the meantime, uh, if you're nervous about the stock market, put your money in the money market fund. Some of them are um, yielding 4.5%, which is uh, not great, but it's better than zero that we had for a few years. Dr. Murray Sabrin um, uh, on the uh, Gary Nolan Show. You wrote on your Substack a strategy to end World War III which the United States and the United Kingdom started. Explain that. Well, uh, according to uh, the hacker, the infamous uh, uh, 
Kim.com from Australia. He he saw there was a text between the uh, short-lived Prime Minister of U- UK Truss and Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, right after the uh, Nord Stream pipeline blew up, and she said it's done. Well, what could that mean? It means that the UK and the US uh, jointly uh, blew up the pipeline, which, when you think about it, is a lot no um, not much different than what happened on December seventh, nineteen forty-one, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor with a, a, a great loss of life. There was no loss of life here, but it's an ecological disaster, according to people who have examined uh, the uh, the situation in, in the North Sea. And so, the United States is culpable for basically starting World War Three, and. Um, uh, Putin, I think, under international law, would have, every, would have every right to retaliate against the U.S. or the U.K., but he's been restrained. So what does that mean? He really wants to have a peace uh, with Ukraine, but the United States has, has prevented uh, Zelensky from um, from negotiating uh, from a year ago with the Ukraine because the United States wants to control everything around the world. And this is our bipartisan foreign policy. That's probably the only successful bipartisanship we've had in this country is uh, make sure that the United States military is all over the world intervening, overthrowing governments, uh, starting uh, endless wars, and uh, that's the problem we face uh, uh, today. And as I pointed out in my Substack column yesterday is that uh, we're coming up to a most dangerous period of the year since we know that uh, World War One started in July of 1914. World War Two started in September of 1939. And we're coming up to the summer months when wars tend to start. And we know that Johnson escalated the Vietnam War um, in July of 1965. So the summer months, for some reason, Gary, is a time when uh, military uh, military uh, action takes place uh, throughout history, and uh, we just have to be cognizant of it. So does that mean that we're going to have a war this year? I don't know. Uh, does it mean we could have a war next year? I don't know. But the point is, uh, the Biden administration has really stepped, uh, has gone, taken us into a, a huge minefield where uh, a nuclear confrontation cannot be ruled out. And to me, someone who will live through the Cuban Missile Crisis when the missile in Cuba were aimed at the United States and Kennedy and Khrushchev went uh, eyeball to eyeball uh, and and there were back-channel negotiations to defuse the situation. I don't see that happening now unless there are, of course, back-channel negotiations between the Biden administration and Putin, but uh, there's been no word of that so far. So you, you're pretty sure that we blew up the pipeline? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the all the evidence suggests that. I mean, why would Putin blow up his own pipeline, Russia's pipeline, which is a ma- major uh, cash cow, cash f- uh, flow generator for, for Russia? And uh, it doesn't make any sense for, for Putin to blow it up. It's, it, it, would, it would be the most insane thing to ever happen to, to a country to blow up their own asset, which is one of the most valuable assets they have, is getting a natural gas to uh, Germany and the rest of Europe. And you think that the United States wants this war... Uh, between Ukraine and Russia, this proxy war that really it's us against the Russians. Well, if you look at the uh, 1997 uh, blueprint, Project for a New American Century, which the neoconservatives put together, their goal was to overthrow um, uh, Saddam Hussein, uh, Gaddafi in Libya, and um, and uh, in, in Syria. And so that hasn't happened in Syria yet. But they also wanted to get rid of um, uh, the oligarchs and the uh, authoritarians in Russia. So the United States has a blueprint foreign policy, which is to make remake the world in their image. And 
that means that we're going to be spending the, the rest of uh, eternity because there are bad guys all over the world. And so if, if we take that posture, uh, we're going to have endless wars, as uh, Trump and others have pointed out. And uh, those of us that grew up in, during the Vietnam era and saw the Berlin Wall collapse and the Soviet Union implode, we thought that we were home free, that there'd be no more Cold Wars. But the, uh, the warmongers in, in the Biden administration and Congress uh, want to maintain this uh, belligerent posture around the world. And it doesn't serve the American people's interests, and it certainly doesn't serve the interests of uh, peace around the world. So what is the strategy to end World War III? And you have to do that kind of quickly if you can. Give us the 10,000-foot uh, uh, view of things. Well, I, I, I suggested that uh, former Congressman Ron Paul and Congresswoman Del, uh, former Congressman Tulsi Gabbard form a super PAC and raise a, a boatload of money to primary everyone who's in favor of the war and on both sides of the aisle. And this way, let the uh, American people know that what we're seeing now is a total disaster, even though a recent poll suggests that the American people support this craziness. But if their sons and daughters were drafted to fight in, in Ukraine, I don't think they'd be too pleased about that. So... Uh, and then we need a deep-pocketed billionaire. We need somebody who's really pro-peace, who's got really deep pockets, and is willing to put in hundreds of millions of dollars for a pro-peace uh, foreign policy. And just as George Soros has used his uh, cachet of wealth to, uh, to uh, elect these progressive DAs around the country, which are causing havoc in the American cities, we need somebody to step up to the plate and say, if, if America's going to have a future, if the world's going to have a future, if civilization is going to survive, we need to have peace around the world. Dr. Murray Sabrin, you've got to get his newsletter. Go to murraysabrin.substack.com. Murray, thanks for being on board with us again this week. We'll chat with you again next week. Thanks so much, Gary. It will be a pleasure. All right, buddy. Take care. Glad to have you with us. All right, uh, Eric Burleson is going to be with us una momento on the Gary Nolan Show. It is the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 20 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Representative Eric Burleson is going to be with us uh, in a few minutes. Uh, I'm not sure. I think... Uh, we wanted to do a, a regular uh, hit with uh, with him, and and he is he is um, with us now. We've we've got him on, uh, but his schedule is such, and our times don't line up, so it's not going to be a regular thing. Though I wish it were, um, and uh, we'll find out uh, some of the. Th First off, I want you to know that he's doing some videos talking about what he is doing. Uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, oversight explained. He he talks about what he's doing there, uh, but I want to uh, I want to jump in here and start talking about uh, Twitter uh, and and uh, what he has uncovered. Uh, Representative Eric Burleson, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Great, Gary. It's always great to be on your show. I know it is. I really I am. <laughs> I'm almost jealous. Uh, Brian, you okay? Brian, you're, you're okay? not. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's he's being honest, Brian. He's 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 on with uh, Radio God, and <laughs> see, you got to get that cough fixed. Oh, uh, Gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> if you know anybody there that uh, would like a job as a producer, let me know. Uh, now they wouldn't want it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So what have you? Uncovered uh, with Twitter, I know the Supreme Court is looking at uh, several uh, questions about uh, these uh, these apps and and websites and stuff. Uh, but you've been looking into this, and what have you? What is the connection between the administration and Twitter and Facebook? Have you uncovered anything there? Yeah, you know, Gary. Uh, you know, as as a free market guy, I think I think we have to be go about this with our heads on straight and. 
you know, at the end of the day, I think a, a, a private business has the right to have differing opinions. The, the executives at Twitter, obviously they all leaned left. I mean, the, the organization donated 98% of their employees donated to the Democratic Party. So it's a left-leaning organization. But what is what we cannot tolerate as a nation is having our government and uh, the enforcement arm of the government, the FBI, um, the Department of Defense, basically work hand-in-glove with a big tech company to silence uh, conservative voices and, and conservative speech. And that's what we learned that happened. And I think that this is Orwellian. It's something that you would see out of Russia or China or communist Russia, but it's not something that we should ever tolerate in America. And I was, and so hopefully, thank God we had a guy like Elon Musk who had the ability to buy Twitter so we can expose all of this. Were they using coercion or were they just asking a willing uh, group of leftists to do their bidding? It, it's the latter. I mean, there was really, um, you have former FBI agents who were working within Twitter um, and, and they were communicating with um, these Twitter executives who oversaw the, oversaw the filtering and the algorithms that filtered out speech uh, and to the point where, for example, they would give a list of accounts that they wanted deleted or removed or blocked or, or suppressed. They would give them a list of other accounts that they would want to be called whitelisted. And whitelisting, we learned, is basically like a super status Twitter user whose profile and their tweets are more visible to everyone. So they're almost like they're promoted. And they were, they were requesting of Twitter, for example, they would create fake accounts, uh, completely fake accounts, and, and request Twitter to whitelist these accounts so that the government could use those for whatever their purposes. All right, so they they weren't coercing uh, Twitter. They just went to a willing recipient of their uh, demands, and mm -hmm. uh, Twitter acquiesced. I, I'm not sure if that's illegal, but it certainly strikes me as pretty sneaky and underhanded. Um, is there um, any way that you can think of uh, to stop this from happening in the future? I mean, how would how would that look? What, what kind of rule or law would, would Congress write to prevent that? You know, I, I'd hate to say that we need to write more laws on private businesses. The real, the, the bad actor here is the FBI. And we we really need the, the investigative arm of the Judiciary, which is, is the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee to, to do their job. I think if, if we get to the part where we have where we put bring enough get enough evidence, I think that uh, you might see Jim Jordan. Uh, they might assign us uh, independent counsel to someone to um, prosecute and um, and hopefully get justice out of this, so that that would never happen again. You want to send a message to other bureaucrats who might want to get involved in elections uh, that this is not something that can be tolerated. We tend in this country to have knee-jerk reactions to everything. Uh, if it isn't exactly the way we want it, we want to write a law. Right away, we want something to change. 
Uh, and it usually turns out that if we don't write more laws, we just wait long enough, things will work out on their own. And when we do write those laws, they come back to bite us in the end. Uh, and, and Twitter, I think, is a perfect example. Uh, Republicans, before you got to uh, Washington, Republicans were clamoring to regulate Twitter. Uh, and it, it didn't happen. And now Elon Musk has taken it over. He's ripped the Band-Aid off. He's let us look inside. Um, yeah. And it kind of changes things. So I'm a little leery about writing any any laws. Um. I am too, Gary. And I think that um, I think the market tends to work, work itself out if government stays out of it. That's why I would be I, I'm not a big fan of the, the discussions of doing antitrust and breaking up these companies. That is that's what the left did back in the you know, that those are ideas of, of leftists, right? Yep. Government intervention in the, in the economy. The, you know, if if the public doesn't like what's happening with a company, whether it's Google or Twitter, they've got choices. And as long as government stays out of the marketplace, people will have a choice, right? But what we don't want to have is the government getting involved, whether covertly or openly, in, in, in private business. What do you think? I don't know if you've heard about this or not. And I'm, this is I'm really throwing you a, a, a question out of left field. What do you think about Congress circumventing the Fourth Amendment, going out and buying information that is collected on the Internet in the private marketplace? Uh, to get information right. about citizens, what, what what do you think about that? Is that is that strictly is that illegal in any way? I, I'm not a fan of it. It should be um, the government doesn't need to be holding data on on citizens. That and the best way to fix that is is to pass is is to um, defund different agencies or eliminate them altogether. The agencies that collect this data. So, for example. I, I am a sponsor of a bill to eliminate the National Firearms Act. Um, I just co-sponsored a bill by Michael Cloud that eliminates the federal government's authority to have gun registrations, gun, you know, any, any lists on gun ownership. Um, we certainly need to ban the government from, from acquiring and maintaining this data. Man, oh man, uh, <laughs> this is, yeah, you may be one of the better Republicans that I have ever interviewed. Listen, let me ask you something. Uh, you got a video out. You're doing this uh, uh, Oversight Explained, uh, Oversight Committee Explained on YouTube. Um, you're going to do a, apparently more of these videos. Can you tell listeners how they can find them? Yeah, go to my website. Uh, I think it's burleson.house.gov. Um, yeah, burleson.house.gov, and we will pu publish our videos there. You can sign up for the newsletter where you get the, those videos, and um, and we, we try we try to send out an email a week that includes. The, what I'm trying to do is not do a lot of text. You know, people don't read these long emails anymore, mm -hmm. so we're we're trying to be creative and and do uh, video short videos to give people an update about what's happening and. Um, Hopefully people like that better. Uh, well, I know our schedules don't always line up like uh, they did today. The stars lined up and, and uh, we were able to get you on. But we sure look forward to having you back on again at the first opportunity. 
so yeah, thanks. Anytime. All right. Uh, anytime. Glad to come on. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, that is uh, Eric Burleson, uh, member of the House of Representatives on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 1035. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. I, I got to tell you, uh, y- you get a, a, a guy like uh, the congressman, uh, uh, Eric Burleson, and it, and it makes it much easier for me to believe that there are still some Republicans with principles out there. Um, hold on one second while I... Wants to do what? Share no, show notifications uh, block. Okay, um, it, it's just I like the I like what the guy has to say. I really do. Uh, I think he's done uh, a pretty good job so far. So let me let me see what else I've got here. Um, Doug says uh, seems logical. There are spaceships, UFOs, if you will. What's likely a letdown to the entire world population? is it's probably all driven by artificial intelligence. We were talking earlier about my skepticism about UFOs, and then I see this report where uh, apparently uh, a couple of members of the military uh, had reports of UFOs uh, literally turning off nuclear uh, missiles uh, and uh, even taking them down. So it, it seems... You know, maybe there is something to that. Uh, let's see. Did you hear what Putin said about the West is making pedophilia normal? I understand he's a tyrant, but the more he speaks, the more I agree with him, and the less I feel we are doing the right thing by giving Ukraine endless amounts of money and weapons. Yeah, I don't think we should be giving them any money or any weapons. It's not up to the government to give away your money. It's just not... It, it's not constitutional, frankly. And it's just going to get us in more and more trouble. Um, all right, we're going we're gonna to change directions here and chat a little bit about texting while driving. Uh, this, it doesn't make sense to me. I will tell you that. It does not make sense to me. I don't text while I drive. But I know some people do, and they may, in fact, get in an accident. It's entirely possible. But I don't think you need a separate law for this. You know, you're, you're driving down the street. Typical guy. You're driving down the street. It's on a hot day, and there is this gorgeous woman was just scantily clad, trying to keep cool, and you're looking at her, and while you're doing that, you slam into the car in front of you. Well, that's because you were distracted. You're a distracted driver. Um, you're uh, driving down the street, and you spill hot coffee in your lap. When that happens, you lurch in the seat. You use your hand to flip the hot coffee off your lap, and when you do this, you're not paying attention to the road, and you run somebody over. That's distracted driving. That 
isn't any different than driving down the street and looking at a text message and trying to respond to it and slamming into somebody. So having a, a don't text while you drive law, you might as well have a don't look at hot girls while you're driving law. Or, you know, or maybe we should pass a law to say that nubile young women can't walk around scantily clad. Oh, let's not write that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> let's not write that law. Uh, that would be worse. Uh, so, writing a law that, that, uh, that literally it already exists. You're supposed to maintain control at all times. I don't think you need a new law for that. It's already there. And further, you can create a bigger distraction. Uh, I can't do this for you on the radio, but I want you to imagine you're driving down the street and you're texting somebody. And if you are not afraid of getting a ticket, you hold the phone up in front of you and you're glancing in at, at the phone, out at the road, in at the phone, out at the road, while you're trying to multitask. <laughs> It's never a good idea. It's not easy to do. But now we have a law that says if you're texting while driving, we'll give you a ticket. So instead of holding the phone up in front of your face where you can look in at the phone out at the road, you now take the phone and you put it in your lap down below the windshield so that if the police see you driving, they won't see the phone in your hand and you won't get a ticket. Now your eyes have to travel all the way down to your lap, all the way back up to the road. I think that increases the likelihood that you have an accident. By the way, the bill uh, would make the first offense infraction fine up to $50 and two points added to the driver's record. Subsequent offenses would be met with increased penalties. And yeah. penalties could also increase for texting in a work zone, school zone, or if it results in property damage, injury, or death. So I'm opposed to it. Um, I just don't think it's necessary. But you may differ, and you have the right to be wrong. No, you can, You may differ, and you can call and express your opinion. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of kick it around. I'm going to start this off with Marie. Marie, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. As far as a law against texting while driving, I'm 100% for it because my husband and I were ran off the road by someone who was texting. Luckily, we got in the ditch. We didn't get hurt. The girl was off in the ditch on the opposite side. She was coming at us. She kept going back and forth across the road. And the reason why we know she was texting, when my husband went over to help her, she handed him her phone, and it showed the partial text message that she was putting in her phone. Right. She was totally distracted, could not control that vehicle, and it could have been really bad for her and for us. All right, now I want you to imagine same girl driving the same route with you, and she's dropped a hot french fry on the floor or a hot okay. cigarette ash and now she's searching for it reaching for it swerving all over the place and the same accident happens 
Would you say we should have a don't drive with hot French fries? I thought you were going to go with the hot coffee. Well, you threw me on this one. All right, well. Hot coffee is involuntary. It's an accident. She didn't intend. She was intentionally texting and driving. She was was a conscious effort on her part to do something that was dangerous. She was drinking a hot. Now, if she was leaning over and trying to get a French fry, then she's careless and imprudent, and she deserves to be, to get. So we already have a law. So we already have a law that covers what you're talking about. Careless and imprudent. Personally, I think phone use while you're driving should be outlawed. Should French fry use while you're driving be outlawed? That falls under the coffee careless and imprudent. Coffee? These phones in these cars are dangerous for the driver. So is hot coffee. So is a hot cigarette ash. I used to smoke when I drove, and every once in a while, it would happen. Hot ash would fall off the end of the cigarette, and oh boy, I'd be dancing all over that car trying to get that ash uh, extinguished before the you know my seat caught on fire. If you're trying to compare a voluntary act to an involuntary incident. There's nothing involuntary. There's nothing involuntary about smoking. I don't have to smoke when I drive. I volunteer. An ash falling in in your lap is involuntary. It wasn't intentional. It it happened. Well, texting is voluntary. Anybody who smokes, anybody who smokes knows that's the risk. We voluntarily take that risk. Anybody who's drinking hot okay. coffee, they voluntarily do it, even though they know that they could spill it on their lap. It's always Let voluntary. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you text and drive? No. You've never, ever text and drive? No. Drove. No. Okay. All right. Because I'm not. <laughs> because we have a lot of people who are, in, are against things or are in favor of things. Because that is what they do. Yeah. So I just, I yeah, just wanted to find out if you text and drive. I'm against the drug war, but I have never used illegal drugs. I, I'm against texting and driving, but I don't text and drive. you got to stand up for what's right, even if you don't like it. I, I get you. All I right. get you. But I'm just saying for me, I'm totally for banning, texting, and driving. Okay. Hey, Marie, thank you for a great phone call. No problem. All right, take care. Glad to have have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, I... You know, it's difficult to support a behavior you don't particularly care for when, you know, you'd like to see the behavior change. I don't like to see people drive distracted, but that's exactly what it is. It's driving while distracted, whether it's a hot French fry, a hot cup of coffee, uh, a cigarette ash, a cell phone, uh, a good looking uh, girl walking down the road. If I'm not paying attention to the road, that's where the problem is. It's not the good looking girl. It's not the hot ash. It's me. And. If you're going to write a, a, a ticket specifically for texting, then don't you have to write a ticket for all of those other distractions that you could potentially engage in? 
I don't know. I, I It seems to make sense to me. I'm up against the clock. i got to take a quick break. We're going to come back and grab all these phone calls, text messages, and everything else on The Gary Nolan Show. Don't text me while you're driving, please. It's The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. 1052. <laughs> I'm looking at that story about the balloon dog. The art show visitor shattering Jeff Koons' balloon dog sculpture. <laughs> The, one of the story. There's a, a a sculptor who made this thing that looks like a balloon dog. You know the people who twist the balloons to make them look like a dog. Only apparently it's porcelain, and it looks it looks like it's a mylar balloon twisted in the. Well, apparently some girl went up and touched it, and it fell over and shattered <laughs> like forty two thousand dollars. Sorry, sorry about that. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Uh, if you just turned the radio on, we've been talking about uh, texting while driving. Something I'm not in favor of, and I certainly don't do it, but I also don't think that we need another law to cover it. Uh, people seem to say, gee, they're, they're texting. Let's write a law specifically for texting. Because but, of the, it's so prevalent, they feel really emotional about the need for another law to prevent this bad behavior. Yeah, but if you if you use that logic, then you have to write a law for every possible Correct. distraction. The hot ash, the good-looking girl, uh, the neat sports car in the next well, lane. Well, Gary, that doesn't, that doesn't happen that often. Well, driving distracted does happen that often, no matter what. Yes, but texting while driving happens all the time, so therefore we have to write a law to stop you from doing it. Instead of talking to <laughs> Brian, the liberal, I'm going to go to Roy. Uh, Roy. Roy, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I think we need to instill in the American mind that the next law they write just might be the worst one ever. Um, I, we recently got a new car for my wife, and it's a RAV4, and it's got all sorts of neat stuff. And one of the neatest things in it is the fact that our phone's don't get picked up anymore. You just push the button on the steering wheel, and it will ask you who you want to talk to, and it dials for you. Technology will solve the problems that technology creates. Keep your friggin' hands off the law book. Well, actually, we are uh, crafting a law that says you cannot eat a chocolate uh, uh, cupcake while driving uh, because you might get distracted and cause an accident. And then I'll just go for the caramel, man, because chocolate is bad, right? Well, then we will write one that says you cannot have a caramel cupcake <laughs> while driving. Okay, the next thing they'll outlaw is driving, and I won't obey. Uh, I don't blame you. All right, Roy, thank you for the call. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Dan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Gary. How are you? I, too, am well. Well, I am well. Thank you. Well, that's good. Hey, I'm... Question on this talking of texting and driving. You know, are they going to exempt the highway patrol and the cops and law enforcement and all the people that do that? Because have you ever noticed they have computers in their cars, right? I understand it's their office, but what are they doing while they're driving? Well, I don't know. I don't look into their cars. They, I I see the highway patrol. I usually am doing two things. Taking a quick look at my speedometer, followed by a quick stab at the brake pedal, uh, which is how they know I'm slowing down because the nose of the car draw, <laughs> points right to the concrete. 
Uh, so I don't get a chance to look in their cars. Do you uh, get a chance to do that while you're on the highway? Um, I notice that sometimes they are looking at their computers. How do you know you that know? they're looking at their computers? Well, you watch it once in a while when you look out your mirrors, you know. You, you're sure they're not looking at a, a speedometer or um, something else? You True. You know, I mean, and I have seen some law enforcement use phones, you know. Well, if they cause an accident, if they cause an accident, it's distracted driving. It's not they were on their cell phone. It's not they had a hot ash or a cup of coffee in their lap. It's distracted driving, and it's covered. Dan, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Dennis is on the line. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing this morning? I am doing fine. How about you? Well, I'm doing good. I just wanted to comment on I agree with you. There's, we don't need another law. But... I think that uh, Columbia already has a law that you're talking about for not eating french fries or drinking hot coffee while you're driving. Specifically saying you cannot eat french fries while driving? Well, specifically saying you cannot eat or drink while you're driving. I see. And what about, did they write anything about... um being distracted by a nubile young woman walking down the street or staring at a sports no. car on the other side of the street? Well, No, but I'll, I'll, I don't get distracted by those anyway. I always pull over and park. Yeah, Brian doesn't get distracted by women either. He's <laughs> good-looking guy. He's, you know, he'll, he'll probably cause an accident. All right, Dennis, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Chuck, how are you? Pretty good. Well, uh, let me tell you, Tennessee, now I drive a truck, so it's going to be different, but it's going to drive home the point. Tennessee used to have a, uh, well, every, every place has distraction laws, but Tennessee started out using uh, a cell phone, no, hand, uh, no handheld device law quite some time ago just for commercial drivers. It wasn't long before that law got passed for vehicles. And so everybody got hands, uh, you know, Bluetooth headsets and stuff like I have. And uh, we started using voice to text. Well, they can still hang you with that because if you happen to be in a wreck and you were voice texting while you did that, there is no way to prove that you used voice texting to create that text. It's oh, just brother. another text message. So yeah. you opened up the door to get sued anyway. All right. So it's uh, distracted driving should cover it all. Chris, thank you for the call. I uh, got a message here from a, a retired state trooper. You'll be surprised. I'll tell you what he said next. This is the Gary Nolan Show.